the deepest insecurity imprints come from the intimate one-on-one -on -one relationships. Therefore, those are usually the most triggering for us. Hello, my loves, and welcome to the Kindred Sage podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Brianna, and I'm on a mission to energetically up-level my life and teach you how to do the same. To raise your vibrations, re-examine your perception of self, and nourish the confidence to create an extraordinary experience here on Earth. Are you ready to expand with me? Let's dive in. This episode is brought to you by my Loodle phase. <laughs> Seriously, though. The energetic potency during that week sparked this episode and felt downright cataclysmic to me. The little phase, if you're not aware uh, of the female menstrual cycle, <laughs> it uh, is composed of four phases, and the little phase is the week leading up to the menstruation. So this is a time when energy is extremely active in the sacral chakra, which holds the consciousness of emotional connection and relational vulnerability. So when the energy is really active here, it is completely natural and aligned to feel your emotions deeply at this time. That's why you want to watch an emotional movie, maybe a good rom-com, have some ice cream, and maybe have a good cry because there is so much energy surging and releasing through your sacral chakra. So as those emotions come up, take note of them, hold space for them, and release them as it feels natural. I think it's really beautiful that women are built to shed physically and emotionally like this every 28 days. What a divine rhythm. Between the enhanced emotional energy from my little phase and the amplified trigger sensitivity, thanks to the recent Chiron retrograde, I was gifted nearly a week of processing an unexpected outburst of insecurity. I had uncovered energy in my second chakra that needed to be processed and released so that I could rebalance my sense of emotional stability and transmute it into this potent understanding for you and I. So let's start by dissecting the word insecurity. What does it mean to be insecure? Insecurity has two main definitions. The first is uncertainty or anxiety about oneself, a lack of confidence. The second definition is the state of being open to danger or threat, a lack of protection. The first definition is pretty common. One might even think it's the only definition of the word because it's the one we face daily within the collective mentality. Think Shaving your body hair, whitening your teeth, getting Botox, trying to stay young looking. Don't get me wrong, I'm a fan of personal hygiene and grooming, but I also consciously acknowledge that I wasn't born with the insecurity of body hair. I am acutely aware that the belief that says I have to shave my body hair to be accepted and given attention stems from the conditioning of today's society. It's not my standard operating procedure. The second definition is linked to instinct or imprint. It is most commonly a reaction amongst those who have lived through trauma, 
all trauma, but childhood trauma is particularly significant in this context. In both definitions, it's important to note that it takes at least two to tango, because insecurities always develop in relation. The collective carries and perpetuates deep insecurities through all formats of media and consumer advertising, targeting our perceived relation to those that we desire acceptance or attention from. Think about like um, a shaving commercial or a perfume commercial or any, any type of like grooming, collective grooming mentality that we have. Think about those commercials. Usually it shows, you know, the female using the product and then she puts on a sexy dress and sexy underwear and then she goes out on a date with Mr. Dreamy, right? So it's targeting our perceived relation to those that we desire acceptance or attention from constantly, nonstop. But more often than not, the deepest insecurity imprints come from the intimate one-on-one relationships. Therefore, those are usually the most triggering for us. I'll say I feel more confident today than I ever have. A small part of that is the pride that I take, um, you know, with my body, like taking care of my body working out, the movement, um, feeling just more comfortable in my skin because I am aware of and actually attuned to the energy that is moving in my body. But the rest of that confidence comes from the way that I'm showing up for myself and for others. It comes from my commitment to raising and aligning my energy on a daily basis. It comes from my passion and my creations, from my curiosity and my enjoyment And it comes from the self-healing and releasing of beliefs and patterns that no longer serve me. So much confidence comes from that release of energy that isn't really mine and was never mine to begin with. So I was absolutely perplexed when I lashed out with a shocking insecurity that resonated with a very young and pained version of myself. When the triggering situation occurred, I could feel the adrenaline surging through my body. It felt just like when I was young, waiting and watching the gut-wrenching feeling of knowing something was about to go wrong and that I needed to be on edge and ready to protect myself in order to survive. I am so embarrassed to admit this, but it is part of the process. I have done a lot of healing in this area of my life, but this trigger was a big one. In the way that I responded, I am not proud of, but I reached for my phone and I let my inflamed subconscious do the talking. And as soon as I hit send, I cringed and I tried to put my phone on airplane mode right away, but the message had already been delivered. (sighs) Fuck. I just let my subconscious prove that something was about to go wrong by provoking tension in order to make something go wrong. And 
This is how we get stuck in imprinting that does not serve us, that keeps us at a level of density that continues to build low frequency in our life. I set my phone down and I went for a walk because I had so much energy, so many charged emotions just surging through my body. It felt like I was on fire. I came back from my walk and there was a response. And after a couple short back and forth texts, I stopped myself. I knew it was best to just let the situation breathe. And that's when it hit me. This insecurity wasn't about my self-confidence at all, even though my flavor of reaction (laughs) would tell you otherwise. It was about a perceived threat to my emotional security. So the insecure reaction and the shockwaves of processing that followed were actually symptoms of the second definition, the state of being open to danger or threat, a lack of protection. Now, this is where trauma imprinting plays a major role in our perception of self and sense of security. Because digging deeper, I found that the first and the second definition of insecurity are intimately interconnected in my subconscious. I can recall multiple incidents in my adult life when the second definition was triggered and I responded through actions that aligned with the first definition, whether or not my self-confidence had anything to do with it. So if we look at that through the lens of childhood trauma, the display of insecurity can actually be traced back to a subconscious response to the perceived change in emotional or behavioral pattern of someone else. And the perceived threat of the shifting landscape and or instability that may result. Perception is a major piece of the trauma imprint puzzle because that is a wide stretching and very unique variable in this human experience. How much one perceives is dependent on how frequently unstable their childhood environment and relationships were. Because when abuse is consistent, Children develop hypervigilance, which is extreme situational awareness, in an attempt to see incoming threats through the slightest shifts in emotional or behavioral patterns. So what's really important to understand here is that this framework of perception, the hypervigilance, will persist regardless of environmental change. This survival technique does not atrophy when abuse is no longer present. Hypervigilance stays for the long term. However, how it is applied to one's experience can morph, can evolve with intention. Hypervigilance can be honed into a superpower when used to read energy and connect with one's intuition. Many of the most charismatic and healing humans carry this unique ability, which provides them with heightened empathy and interpersonal skills. They can literally relate to others on an energetic level because they can read the situation so well. But on the shadow side of the spectrum, hypervigilance can also run amok and cue drastic perception calls 
that result in overreaction, intense emotions, and triggered survival tactics that aren't actually necessary. In such highly aroused states, it can be difficult to differentiate between a harmless pattern disruptor and a threat of the main wound being triggered. For me, in this situation, that trigger was a perceived threat of emotional abandonment. It completely makes sense when I review my imprinting. I have repeated emotional abandonment experience with nearly every caregiver in my childhood. Most of them were living through their own traumas and inflicting generational abuse and emotional insecurity, which I learned to predict and attempt to avoid (laughs) through the slightest changes in emotional or behavioral cues. So the pathway to this outburst went a little something like this. Perceived change in behavior, perceived change in emotion when asked about behavior, imprinting detected a threat to my emotional security and possible emotional abandonment. Then my hypervigilance went on high alert, expecting something to go wrong, which flooded my body with adrenaline. Then my subconscious took the wheel and steered me into a head-on collision to confirm my imprinting that something was about to go wrong. It's incredible when you step back and you can see this pathway laid out because then you can navigate the depths of the trigger and identify the perceived change that was at the root of the insecurity. This emotionally intense situation gifted me with a few important insights that I wanted to share with you. First, it bridged a connection between my body sensation in that triggering moment and my subconscious emotional reaction of insecurity. So now I have a marker for when the fear of threat is uh, being felt in my body and when my subconscious imprinting is going to want to take over. That is really important, being able to feel and then know what's coming next. Stepping between the two and saying, hey, there is another way to route this. Second, it gave me the opportunity to rewrite how I wanted to respond instead of acting out of my imprint because my reaction was not who I want to be. That's not who I feel that I am. That is an outdated version of Chelsea that I do not want in my life. So it's my responsibility to be accountable for the way that my imprinting is affecting my relationships. When you take responsibility for your healing, your relationships flourish and mirror that nurturing right back to you. So if you desire healing, expansive, deep relationships, you really need to use these insecurities as a way to look inward, which brings me to the third insight. It showed me that bouts of insecurity are healing portals. They are entry points for greater self-awareness and healing, both in ourselves and in others. So how do you access this healing portal? Here's three questions to start. The first, is this insecurity stemming from uncertainty or anxiety about myself? Or is it coming from a feeling of being open to danger or threat. 
because differentiating between the two can help you identify where this imprint is coming from and why it is bubbling to the surface in this moment. Second, is the initial story that's triggering this insecurity actually true? Because we tend to create such elaborate stories in our heads. This is a form of subconscious self-preservation. And before we know it, our experience runs with it and we believe it as fact. So check yourself, check your perceptions. Are, is what you are perceiving actually the story that is true in this moment? Be really honest with yourself. And then third, when was the first time in my life that I felt this way? Now, this is where the healing begins. Because as you identify the situations and relationships that set the insecurity imprint, you bring awareness to the energy that needs to be released. Insecurity is often framed as an emotion to be ashamed of and hide from others, but I call bullshit on that because we are here together to heal together. Being witness to and having grace for the insecurities of ourselves and others is an essential piece of healing the collective. Remember, we are not born with insecurities. They are hitchhikers. We pick them up along the way and we can and should drop them off at some point too. So next time you witness someone acting out of insecurity, what would happen if instead of saying, oh, they're just so insecure, you actually focused on loving them through it? What if you could help them just by being present without judgment? What if you could hold out your hand and guide them to deeper understanding of where the insecurity stems from and how to transmute it into amazing healing? Yes, the insecurity imprints we carry are always created in relation, but they also must be healed in relation. We need loving, forgiving, supportive containers in order to trigger, transmute, and rewrite those imprints. Your presence and your ability to hold space for yourself and others is more powerful than you will ever know. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope this message resonates with you. If you feel so inclined, please leave a review. I will love you to the moon and back. I hope you have a wonderful week. Until next time, stay mindful.